Welcome back. This is Tea in a Good Book, Episode 4, Kissing Sucks and Darkling Ducks. We are going to be going over pages 101 through 198 of the book Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. Just as a reminder, be prepared for spoilers. We are now halfway through into Shadow and Bone, and there will be a lot of spoilers for those who have not been reading along. As well as a few other books along the way. Yes. (laughs) So Morgan... Before we get started, um, what tea are you drinking this week? I'm not drinking tea at all. <laughs> Shocker, I never drink tea in this podcast. I'm drinking a peppermint mocha from Starbucks. What are you drinking? I am drinking a mint medley tea with a lot of sugar, because I need a lot of energy right now, so... Fair enough. <laughs> So, chapter seven, we left off with Alina is about to go meet the king, and the Darkling says something about, like, she'll walk with me. Yes. Which, like... Wow. Yeah, they have a whole conversation that, like, it's kind of hard to tell if it's, like, I'm giving you fatherly advice, or, like, I'm subtly hitting on you, which made me very mad. (laughs) Because <laughs> as I've expressed before, not a fan of this ship. Big fan of this ship. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but, because we, we, we yeah, both have notes, but first we need to talk about the king. The king is, he's interesting. He kind of reminds me of a dog, in that he's like, he's very, uh, what are the words I want to say? He's like a happy idiot. Yeah. Like, very overexcited. And, like... Yeah, he's definitely a happy idiot. And, like... Yeah. He does... I don't want to say he doesn't care about, like, his people, but he does... He doesn't understand... Yeah. ...the plight. He's like, I can't be that bad. Like, I mean, look at all the luxury I have, so, like, they can't be suffering. Yeah. Who does that remind me of? Oh, it kind of reminds me of, like, very historical thing, but, um, Marie Antoinette and King Louis, whatever... Where yes, they're like, yes, oh, yes. like, look at all this luxury that we have, <laughs> but everybody else is dying. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't get it. The queen, I feel like she has a higher understanding of what's happening, but she's very vain and conceited and doesn't care. Yeah, I didn't like her whole thing, or at least, like, how she doesn't let Genya, like, work on any of the Garisha. Yeah. Like, I understand, but also... It's, it's definitely, like, like, a vanity thing. Like, yeah. she's the only one that wants that. And the fact that she's, like, Genya has to be, like, quote-unquote her pet, and it has to be, like, a whole secret that Genya, like, worked on Alina. Also, like, the whole idea that the that the Darkling would, like, create her into that, kind of, like... Yeah. It made me question a lot his, like, morality and, like, his stance on things. I get that, but also I do see why he did that. Yeah, I get it. Like, the more because I read, the more I get it. But, yeah. like, at the same time, I was kind of like, Cause not it, a fan. It does, I mean, even in, like, other, like, um, young adult novels, it is also a big thing, unless the main character, who usually is a girl who's thr- suddenly found out that she has a power, like, if they're not beautiful, then they're not gonna get any sort of, like, backing behind it, so they always have to go through some, like, 
faux transformation. That so, is a very valid point that I didn't think about. Like, yeah. Like, even just any kind of character who's rising into, like, a position to, like, change things. Like, I know Katniss Everdeen mm-hmm. in The Hunger Games is the first thing. I've been comparing a lot of things to Hunger Games recently in my life. Yeah. Like, this is a common theme with me now. I don't know why Hunger Games all of a sudden. I read this book in, like, junior high. I, <laughs> I haven't read it in a long time, so... But yeah, I've been comparing a lot of things to Hunger Games things recently, but anyways... <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely... And even in Red Queen, you see Mare go through that transformation when they find out that she has powers that made her essentially look like... She went through makeup, like, every day to try to make her look like a silver and not somebody who has red blood so it is a very common theme and especially with a king like this one in uh shadow and bone where he is very blatantly obsessed with the beautiful it definitely had a bit more of a like point to it than i feel like some of them do but yeah you know you know what i'm saying yeah i get it yeah so but um I, I'm kind of curious about the queen still, too, just because I do want to see if her or the king actually end up becoming slightly more involved in the story. I... I don't know. Because they don't really... She's not... They're, like, aside from this chapter, they don't really kind of come up again. No, I feel like they're gonna... I feel like they're gonna play... Um, like a minor role, like they're gonna move things along because they're obviously the king and queen, and um, Alina's living in the small palace. Yeah, so the little palace. The little palace. Sorry, but like, I feel like they're just gonna kind of like drive plot points from the background. Yeah, but we have to meet them so that we understand who they, they are, are and like why we're not seeing a lot of them. Yeah, I would also just because she did have that whole conversation with. Alina about, like, where she came from, like, they pulled her from the back, or to the back, to talk to her. I am curious if the queen, what the queen will do to Alina, and how their relationship will change. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Because, like, especially after, I know we haven't mentioned Zoya yet, but Zoya, I feel like there are a lot of, like, very hidden emotions, like, I'm not sure what way she's gonna swing. Like, either... Yeah. I feel like either we're gonna learn that, like, she's... She actually, like, understands Alina's situation a lot more than she lets on. Yeah. And is going to be a helpful person, or she's gonna be very much like, I don't like you, I don't like that you have powers, I don't like that you outshine me. Yeah. And be, like, an antagonist, so... It's... I'm really interested, especially since Genya is like, always near her, and always near that entire royal party. Yeah. It's gonna be really interesting. And I'm sure Genya hears things, but doesn't necessarily always tell Alina. Yeah. I like to think, though, that if something bad was going to happen, and um, and Genya found out, she would do her best to warn Alina. Oh, yeah. Totally. Without a doubt. Because I think Genya and Alina... Are, I mean, it is obviously observed later in the reading that we section off. They are, like, becoming pretty close. Yeah. Granted, I mean, Alina doesn't really have many other options. <laughs> but... I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
So I'm curious about if she if she's holding back something that the queen has said. Yeah, I I could see that. I'm just curious about the king and queen essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so we also meet another character in this scene. Let's not. I okay. Um, the apparat. Yikes. I'm gonna let you go first with your thoughts. Okay. So immediately I thought of him as Claude Frollo from Claude <laughs> of Notre Dame. Like the second we meet him, he's like old man. He's like super religious. He's like the right hand man to the king. I'm like it's Claude Frollo, <laughs> and nobody likes Claude Frollo. No. Um. So, I like I even made a note like Claude Frollo. Um, he's creepy. He is really... He's so creepy. Really creepy. He, yeah, he is, like, exceedingly creepy, and when you don't think he can get any creepier, he shows up in your bedroom at night. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, I don't know. I mean, he's very pushy on the religion in this book. Um, I don't know if it necessarily has a name. I don't think it had a name in Six of Crows either. But he's very pushy. I mean, he meets her in the library, gives her the Bible, and is definitely trying to push the religion on her, which, I mean, I've never been a big fan of even in real life. So that kind of adds to that creepy vibe. And then the fact that he's, he just appears places. Yeah. And like, I think he's going to be a major antagonist. I don't think he's going to do any good. Yeah. I have a feeling he's going to be very similar to Claude Frollo, and the fact that he's, I don't know, I get those Claude Frollo vibes where he's, he might be attracted to Lena. I don't know if it's never really they said. Don't, they don't really explain that. But it, it just gives me that vibes, and I'm just mm. like, this is Claude Frollo, and I am not here for it. Yeah. <laughs> Characters like the Apparat make me very upset, um... I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I, I so. am a Christian. I go to church. I work in a church. I You are religious. <laughs> yeah, I'm religious. I hate characters like this because people like this exist. Yeah. Like, I... It just, it frustrates me to no end because, like... I don't know, I just, I hate this representation, like, I, I, it's a very real thing. Yeah. But also, like, he's the only person we've met that's religious in this whole book. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, <laughs> I've read Six of Crows, so I could also see, because Inej in Six of Crows is very religious, and she talks about the saints, like, constantly, but she's never pushing it on, she kind of pushes it on Kaz a little bit, but it's never too, like... A, like a creepy point and she's not like blatantly giving him like a bible but she's always like you better count like pray to your saints Kaz because you're gonna like die <laughs> you know it's always like light things and she says it in like nice ways but in this book the only one that talks about the religion is the apparat yeah and I definitely see how that could have like a really negative effect on actual real life religions yeah, like, it's, I feel like a lot, like, the more I look into it, the more I feel like religion is a kind of, like, not that religion is bad, obviously, but religion definitely is a place where, like, creepy people can hide. Yeah. 
And like the apparatus is definitely apparat one of them. <laughs> is one of them. But also like like the apparatus and hunchback of Notre Dame, like the predominant like creepy male figure in like a church environment. Yeah. While it exists, it's not as prominent. Yeah. Like, there are good people. Like, there are good men in church. There are good people in church. Yes. But, but yeah. It's, yeah. The characterization in media isn't always very nice. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. That was my rant about him. Like, also, he's just really creepy. I he's hate him. He's really creepy. I don't like him. I don't want him showing up in the library next to yeah. me. I part of the desperation in him, I feel like, especially if the queen becomes more of an antagonist, he, it could be just that he's not meaning to be creepy, he's just desperate. Yeah. Because, like, he's really creepy, and we're getting very obvious creepy vibes, which makes me almost feel like he's going to be not as antagonistic. Yeah. Because it's creepy, but they also describe him as desperate. Yeah. Seeming very desperate, like, trying to, like, find something and they don't really explain it. Like, there's definitely something he's hiding. Like, 100%, whether yeah. he's a good guy or a bad guy, he's desperate for something. Don't and, know what it is, but, yeah. Yeah. Like, I could see him possibly. Very unlikely, but I could see it. Also, just good. to add to the, like, creepy factor, just because I remembered it, but when they're in the library... It is also noted, like, he smells like a graveyard. <laughs> like, that's creepy. Yeah, she, in several places, compares him to, like, looking and smelling and kind of acting like death. Yeah. So that almost makes me feel like he could be the bringer of something negative. That makes sense. But, I mean, it could also just end up being the exact opposite. He could be trying to get closer to her so that he could try to warn her without blatantly saying something bad is gonna happen. Yeah, that's what I was kind of think feeling like in the really creepy scene where he's like in the hospital with her, like Ugh, that it scene. seems like he's trying to tell her something and he's not saying it. Yeah. Like it's really creepy and I would absolutely hate it if someone did this. Yes. Like I would be freaked out for the rest of my life if someone did this to me. Absolutely. But I feel like he's trying to get to something he never he obviously never gets to whatever point he's going to make because yeah. she like I think she like breaks a glass and everyone comes running. Yeah. But I feel like he has information that he's keeping from her. Yeah. I I'm curious. I'd like to see what happens further in the book with him, but I definitely as of right now do not like him. <laughs> no, me neither. He's creepy. Just a big bad no. Yeah, as we said before we recorded, we both hate him, but for very different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, before we meet all of them, we t they mention, like, they're all entering, like, the throne room, and they're all organizing in, like, rankings. And, like, if you're like me, you forget very easily all the different rankings. And yes. I had to make myself a fun little chart. So I think we're gonna go through that now, cause... Very quickly, yeah. Yeah, cause there's, like... And, forgive me, I'm horrible at pronouncing words, and I didn't... I, I failed to look up how to say all these words before we started recording. I mean, it's also just kind of, like, not, you know, English. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so... Here we go. There's... 
the Michiriaki, the the ones who wear the purple keptas, they are focused on like manipulating material items like stone or like metal wood, wood. metal yeah yeah they make stuff they're like looked down upon by the other grisha even though like that's still a cool thing yeah and i mean i think it's even noted later in the book um that they like carved their own door for their like little like room where they work on everything yeah and it was like really cool yeah and it was like super detailed and everything and they're looked down upon like i'm sorry what <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's the it's i want to say ethereal-key, but like is it etheralki i feel like it's etheralki yeah whatever they are the people who wear the blue keftas they manipulate natural elements um and alina and like the darkling duck are like kind of in that like, technically speaking, they are Atheralki. But they outrank everyone in that. Yes. Like, they are the highest ranking. I, like, <laughs> only say technically, because I feel like they just aren't. They are their own I category. I feel like they are their own. Because, one, there's only one of them yeah. per generation. <laughs> I mean... So, well, yeah. technically per generation. Yeah. I mean, Darkling is kind of a different story considering how old he is. He's the only one of several <laughs> generations. Alina is definitely the only one of at least her generation and potentially even prior gen- generations. So. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the. The Koralki? Koralki. The. They are. They focus. Their focus is on the human body. This is what Genya would have been. She technically is, but, like, the ranking she would have had if she wasn't, like, the queen's, um, makeup pet. Yeah. I think the thing that makes her also not necessarily Koparalki is because her gift more focuses on fixing beauty. Meanwhile, um, normal Koparalki, so there's, like, the heart renders, who literally they have control they could see like everybody's like body and they could kill them in a second and that's what one of the characters in six of crows is and then the other ones are the healers which i mean they're nurses (laughs) it's like they're kind of the opposite of one another yeah they're kind of the opposite but they are able to do each other's job if needed yeah which is really interesting i like i like learning about the koparalki just because they seem like a very interesting group. They do, because even in Six of Crows, Nina, who is technically a heart render, she can technically heal. She wasn't necessarily... She didn't put all of her, like, training years into it, but she can technically do it. And I'm sure healers could probably also technically do her job as well, but they just don't put as much, like, years of training, yeah. so they're a little bit messier than I think they the also mention... I'm forgetting what his actual name is, but Fjord. Because he's a heart render. Yes. And she, he, he and Alina have a conversation where he's like, I thought I could help people by becoming this, because he had the option to become either one of them. They mentioned this with Genya, too. Yeah. That they are given the option, whereas the other ones don't really have an option. They can't really do each other's things. Yeah. It's, you have this thing, which... Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it kind of makes sense why they're higher ranking. Yeah. Because they're the only, like... They're the only ones that have the choice and can kind of go between the two. Yeah. I mean, granted, they can't go between the two very, like, gracefully, but they do have 
that ability. I mean, even in Six of Crows, Nina, like, she heals, I think it was Inej. It takes her a lot longer than a regular healer would have. But she can do it. Yeah. She's a little messier, but... It's not going to be great, but it's better than what anyone else could... Like, anyone other than a healer could do. And I think, technically, they can also do Genya's job, because I think, if I'm correct, Nina Nina also does Genya's um, changing people's appearances, so... But I'm sure also, again, not as powerful as Genya, because that's what she's put in... Put literally everything. Yeah, where she... That's her job, and she's trained for it her entire life. So, but it's very interesting how they rank everybody and all that. I also loved that everybody did not want to be a part of the uh, Corporalki's business. Like, everybody just avoid. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we know what you do. We're just gonna leave y'all alone. It's really funny. (laughs) I was just like, you know, honestly, like, same. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, going back to, like, the ranking. So when they're all entering in, like the ranking of, like, like, lowest to highest into the room, ending with the Darkwing and, um, Alina. It reminded me vaguely of a wedding procession. <gasps> which, oh. when, which, uh, like, frustrated me further, because I, I was me trying to figure out, is he the father figure or is he the groom? Yeah. Because when you enter you are enter it's the father walking next to or the father or father figure walking next to the bride yeah and like also like symbolism of like the either the father or the groom would be wearing dark and then her power is light yeah like white like wedding dress and then but then they also i'm assuming left in this order yeah and then she wouldn't be walking next to her father she'd be walking next to the groom yeah so it frustrated me even further because like if if I'm reading into the symbolism correctly, he still could be either one, and I don't like that. That's really interesting. I didn't even think about that, yeah. but you're probably right. Yeah, well, no, we'll get into that later. <laughs> How um, interesting. And then there's the whole thing with the blue kefta. Okay, I kind of liked <laughs> that she ch- decided to do the blue kefta, just because I do understand that she's going into this whole thing and she just wants to fit in. Yeah. I get that. I think the reason I get mad at her and like decisions like this, it's because I would make the same decision so I can see where it would be a mistake because it's the thing that I would choose. Yeah. And it makes me very mad. Yeah, I told you, like, it is probably very upsetting for the Darkling for her not to choose his colors. And, yeah. Like, I totally get that. And I would be really upset too if I was in the Darkling's position. But I do also see, like, this could potentially help with making the, like, weird ranking thing, like, try- not necessarily fixing it, but kind of muddying it up a little yeah. bit further. And also with, at the end, when Sergi and, who was it? I think it was Marie. Like, the two of them are, like, buddy-buddy at the yeah. end. <laughs> so, I kind of like that she changed, decided to go with that, since she is also technically a summoner. She's like, I'm yeah. not higher than the rest of you. Yeah. But. But I mean, either way, she doesn't fit in. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't personally want to upset the Darkling. Yeah. Like, he's the wrong person to, like. Upset. Upset. I'm also, like, I am curious about what would have happened if she did choose his colors for the Kefta. And if she 
did, would she still be eating in the hall with everybody? Or would she be, like, eating with him or separately? That is actually something I didn't think about. I I was really curious about... She actually... So I feel like she would have walked in and not known where to sit because she sticks out, like, a sore thumb where it's, like, instead of sitting with the people that your jacket matches, it's like, well... The only person I match is not here. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there's only the one chair up there, and it's for the, or at the front of the yeah. room, and it's for the Darkling. And I don't think they would have, like, put a second chair there. And he definitely, if they did eat in the, in the doomed hall with her. Domed hall <laughs> with everybody? That's a whole other thing that I'll get off. Um, if they did, would he start eating with everybody more? Or would oh, they, yeah. he pulled her them separately? I feel like it would start off separately, and then he'd, like, start off, and then he'd start eating with everyone, because he'd, like, notice her being really lonely. Yeah. Because you know, you know he's keeping an eye on her. Absolutely. This entire time. It's very clear whenever they have conversations where it's like, I haven't been around for three months, but I know exactly what happened to you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to be fair, he has every right to, like, be kind of... On top of making knowing what's happening with her. Yeah, she is, like, she's, like, the most valuable asset and then also, like, the biggest security risk. Yeah. So, it makes sense. When both of those are the same person, you want to keep tabs on what they're getting themselves into. And also, since she's essentially, like, his only hope yeah. in trying to get rid of the unsee, he wants to make sure that she's progressing and how that progression is going. Yeah, so, that also makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so I've been talking to Emma about this before recording, and I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, so I realized that some of these characters are characters from Mean Girls. (laughs) So I've, I've decided to give them all specific roles. So Lena is obviously Katie Heron, because she, she's the new girl. She, that one's an obvious one. So I gave Nadia Karen, <laughs> because I feel like we don't really see her that much, and I'm like, eh, she, from what it seems, she's not necessarily the brightest, so I was like, she's gonna be Karen. Um, I gave Sergi Regina, because I didn't, I was like, who's gonna be Regina? But I decided Sergi just because I feel like Sergi was the one who really started the whole, like, at the beginning, like, the whole... She's with us. No, she's with us thing. So I was like, you're going to be Regina. You're kind of the leader. And then I gave Marie Gretchen. Because she seems like someone that would try to say, that's so fetch. (laughs) She is one of those people that would try to get that to be a thing. And Sergi would be like, stop trying to make fetch happen. (laughs) Um, Also, considering that Marie and Nadia have definitely talked bad about Sergi... That is totally something Karen and Gretchen would do. So I was like, okay, you're Karen and Gretchen. I made Genya Janice. (laughs) Um, I should also mention that Emma has not watched Mean Girls. Yeah, I was going to make a point about that at the end. (laughs) But, so I made Janice, or Genya Janice, just because she, I feel like she's the one that's, she's the outsider. She probably was friends with these people before, but obviously isn't because ranking and whatnot. But I was like, she's going to be Janice because she's essentially um, Alina's best friend. And then the Darkling, 
is Aaron Samuels, which is the boy that everyone thirsts over. <laughs> because everyone yeah. thirsts over the Darkling. Yeah. Including myself. So... <laughs> I'm, like, the only one. Yes. You, that's, you, like, no. Yes. Like, he's attractive, but no. But yes. Someone you have a crush on, but more of a celebrity crush standard of, like, you're never gonna meet this person, and if you do, don't hit on them. Like, just... Someone who would hit on them. I'd be like, dang, you cute! <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my... Shadow and Bone is Mean Girl's... <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into some of the characters that you didn't mention. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just could not stop laughing when I realized this. I love Mean Girls. Anyways, continue. <laughs> so, Bagra, we meet her. She. Mm. She. I have mixed emotions about her because she reminds me of Maka, the old lady from Song of the Sea. And then also Yababa from yeah. Spirited Away. Also, Yababa was the name I was trying to remember earlier, which I'm oh. I am currently writing a seven-page essay about Spirited Away, and I couldn't remember Yababa's name, and I was like flipping out earlier, That's and Morgan fair. couldn't understand because I'm like, no, I'll talk about it later. It's yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah, she, I totally see her as yeah, this like weird magical old lady that like. Seems like a villain uh, right now. I should see like, her characterization changing, but like these yeah. villain esque. She has old like ladies. the type of I don't. How do you even explain her character? It's like she's not necessarily like Yobaba in the way that she is in, like completely an antagonist, but she's just kind of. I wouldn't even say that she's necessarily making Alina's life harder, but she is actively trying to get Alina to be better. But she's so old that she's just mean without really I don't want to say realizing it but yeah. really caring <laughs> yeah she's more like Maka from Song of the Sea we're like unintentionally being an antagonist but definitely not the main antagonist yeah but not, uh, but Maka yeah. and Yababa remind me of each other so I think that's where that comparison came from yeah that's fair because those are just like old magic ladies who are just mean <laughs> and like associated with birds yeah. Yeah, because, like, Maka is the owl lady, Yababa is, like, birdhead lady. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that, though. I, I think Bag uh, Bagra is also just kind of an interesting character, because you meet her, and she's just... She's in a dark room. There's no windows. And it's hot. I want to learn more about her past. Yeah, because we don't know what her... Um, Grisha ability was before no, this. No, even the Darkling, he just has theories, but he doesn't know. Yeah. And I actually, I meant to bring this up earlier. Um, so we know that the Darkling and Bagra are, um, oh gosh, what's the word? I completely forgot the word now. Um, where any part of the, like, if you give, they give a part of you. Oh. In, is, it's not an enhancer. Is it a enhancer? Enhancer. Is it an enhancer? It's something Let's, like that. Hold on. You'll I have my book up. right here. I'm gonna we keep talking. So, my curiosity is, so we both know that they are really old. Um, so... Amplifier. 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 There we go. Sorry. <laughs> so, my curiosity is, is that a trait of amplifiers and amplifiers only? Because those are the only two that we know of. 
Yeah. And they are both old. Zora thinks, yes, that she, this is a trait. <laughs> Zora my, also thinks that your laptop is a scratching post, though. So. Yes. My cat has things to say about the book. <laughs> She's been reading it with me all day, apparently. Um, but it, I have that theory just because they are the only amplifiers that we know of. And they are both the only ones that we know of that age slowly. Yeah. Since we don't know if now that Alina has her powers, we don't know if she's going to start aging slower. And we don't really know what the lifespan is supposed to be for Grisha either. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm very curious. (laughs) Also... So, the Darkling is the Darkling they mentioned before, like, way back in the beginning, because he's, like, or, like, I don't know if it's because he's the most powerful, but he is the most powerful. Yes. But Bagra is clearly very old and very powerful, so, like, why is she not a Darkling? Like, was she just too old to be a Darkling by the time they needed a new Darkling, or, like... Well, I think the Darkling's powers come from, because his grandfather was a Darkling. That's true. So I think that's something that was inherited... Um, and I think the Dark Link stems from the power itself and then, like, what they do. I just want to know, what did she do? And, like, what, where was her powers and why is she not using them now? And why does no, why is there no, like, rumors or stories about it? And just everybody think knows her as Bagra, the mean old lady. Yeah. (laughs) Who yells at you and tells you you're useless. I mean, to be fair, if someone was yelling at me and telling me I'm useless every day, I might not want to learn more about them. Yes. But also, I'm still curious, because it's just, like, there's a whole- I feel like there would be a whole, like, story- not story, but, like, rumor that kids would, like, talk about, you know, when they first meet her, you know? Yeah, like a story that's passed down within ch- with a bunch of children. Yeah, especially considering the rumors that end up revolving around Alina. Yeah, especially after she is better able to access her powers. <laughs> like, Those were so interesting. Where it's like she's sick and she's all like, "But I can't get sick." It's like I know that's why everyone thought it was bad. And then like something about like the Darkling's blood. Like she drank it. Let me see if like, I can find it. That was really funny. This is, it was, yeah, that's basically high school rumors in a nutshell, though. Like, really, <laughs> really weird is. things that don't really make sense, but for some reason, everyone believes it. And yes. you're just sitting there like, this is really, this is really fishy. But, but this is the main belief system where I'm not going to say anything against it. But I also might not support it, kind of thing. I feel like what most people are going at. Yeah. It's just, I'm like, (laughs) I don't know, the, like, drinking his blood one really got to me. (laughs) That one made me laugh really hard. Same. Um, also, can we talk about her and her letters to Mal? I have, okay, I have theories about this. I feel like... I'm curious. I feel like the letters aren't getting... Like, I feel like Mal and Alina are both writing letters to each other, but they are being intercepted. Yes. And I'm thinking they're being intercepted by the Darkling. Yes. For what I assumed originally was um, to kind of keep her from being as homesick and try to keep her 
from, like, trying to escape and go back to Mal because now everyone knows that there's a sun summoner and try to keep her safe. Yeah. I'm gonna get into my change in reasoning in a little bit. Yeah. Because there's- I have some notes that we need to get through first, but- Yeah. I do also know that, like, I mean, it literally says- does it say it on the front? It says it somewhere. Oh, I think it's- oh, it says on the back that there is a lost letter from Mal- Neither of us have read it yet, because yeah, we're just, in, like, it's, spoilers, potentially? It's shoved in the back of the book, and I really want to read it. Like, I, I haven't read it, but I keep glancing back to look at Mal's handwriting, and, like, <laughs> it's so cute. Like, because, like, I, we all know I, I have a humongous crush on Mal, but, yes. like, his handwriting is so cute. Like, it's a computer font. Yes. But it's so cute. <laughs> because it belongs to Mal. Yes. I am curious as to why he hasn't been writing back, though. I am, or from yeah. what we know of, why he hasn't been writing back. Yeah, I definitely think he is. He's received no, or at least he's written a few. Yeah. Probably not as many as Alina, but I feel definitely like not he as much definitely as Alina. has never received a letter from Alina. Um, he might not be still writing them, because I know Alina also gives up on writing letters to Mal. Yeah. Which I think is the Darkling's intention. Yeah. Um, I think a big part of her, like, stop deciding to stop was around the time that she finally took over her power because... She gives up on everything she had originally, like... Had. Yeah. And had planned with Mal because she realizes that at this point she really isn't going to get it. That reminds me of my whole... I had a whole note over here about the meadow. They referenced the meadow several times, like, when... When Mal thinks that they're both gonna die, he has a line about, like, I'll meet you in the meadow. Yeah. And she also references the meadow. I'm pretty sure that for both of them, that is the place where they fell in love with each other. <gasps> oh, that's was, really cute. Because I had, I had to go back and look what at what the meadow was. It's right next to Karam's in the orphanage. There's yeah. this open meadow, which is where they used to hide. And they would lay in the grass and plan their future where they'd, like, build their house and, like, their barn in this meadow. Yeah. Where they would just lay there as eight-year-olds and plan their future. And I get the feeling that that's where each of them fell in love with one another. Whether or not they end up with each other, in that moment, they fell in love with each other. Yeah. Which would explain the line. She references it when she's, like, falling, essentially falling out of love with him. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, that's my theory with that, that that is my thing, their thing. when you started it, like, before you got into that, where they potentially, like, fell in love with each other, but my thought was, like, maybe that's where they, I mean, because we don't know what is believed in this book for what happens after death, but when they say that before they're, uh, when Mal says that as they're about to die, yes, Zora, we hear you, um... <laughs> It makes me think if that's what they believe, the two of them believe that they're going to go back to when they Oh, like they're going to live in like that memory? Thing? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes so, sense. it makes sense for at least Mal's comment. Yeah. <laughs> My cat really has a lot to say. <laughs> she she clearly has opinions about the meadow as well, which yes. is valid. We, we all have We just can't opinions. quite understand <laughs> Goodness. I think she just really wants to get out the closed door. Yes. Is what's happening. We're gonna let her out, but you continue talking. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, about Botkin. 
the Ooh. I kind of love him. Yeah. He, he's an interesting one. He's basically like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. Just this very angry soldiery man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He yeah. He's definitely <laughs> he's I like Ooh, that short angry things. soldiery man who I picture having like not a lot of hair, but definitely some kind of braided hair. Yeah, he probably does. But that might be just because of Lord of the Rings, because I read that, watched that kind of thing, but yeah. I, uh, gosh, there was somebody that I kind of thought of him as, but I don't remember who it was. I didn't really take a note of it, because it wasn't something that I was super familiar with. But I do like him, and I like that he, he just is like, do your thing, but no powers. Yes, I really respected that. He's like, no, you have to have strength and physical ability. Like, I don't care if you're the strongest person or the weakest person in terms of powers. You aren't allowed to use them. You have to learn how to fight like a regular human being. Yeah, I really appreciated the point when he, when Zoya, um, threw Alina with her powers. I really appreciated him banning her from the training rooms and being like, get out. Like, Especially you're not allowed to do that. Especially since it was noted previously, she was his favorite student prior. Yeah. He's like, hell no, this is not what we're doing. Get out. Yeah, he did not, he was not about to take that. I appreciate his, um, he's very even in his, like, anger and, like, yeah, he, he he's very fair in everything he does, which yeah. I very much appreciate because it's not a common trait in, yeah. like, characters. Especially characters like him. Yeah. Who are literally created for training purposes. Yeah, he's very, very much consistent. He's consistent, and I like the fact that, like, without, if it wasn't for him, I don't think Alina would have realized and, like, kind of let go of everything. Because if it was just Bagra, I don't think she would have been able to let go, but because she had that pressure of also, um, Boltnik? Botnik. Botnik. Botkin. Botkin. (laughs) We can't do that, but, um, (laughs) the fact that she also had the pressure from him, I think, really helped with, um, all of that. So. Yeah. I'd also like to make a note. I told Emma this before the podcast. So, throughout the this reading, they keep on referencing, and she keeps on going back to the domed hall. <laughs> and I kept on reading it as doomed hall. And I don't know if that's, like, my mind trying to tell me, like, something bad's gonna happen in there, or if it's just me, like, suddenly not being able to read domed. <laughs> that's fair. But I'm like, something bad's gonna happen in that hall. I don't care what anybody says. That's actually a great segue into what I was gonna talk about next, because speaking of words that that people can't pronounce on this podcast, I have a word that I wanted to bring up here, because it's a word that pops up in this book that I, like, like, I loved. It's, I can't pronounce this. I'll try to say it, and then I'll spell it. It's like, Otskazatsia. It's O-T-K-A-Z-A-T apostrophe S-Y-A. Oh. It's when she's doing her theory things. It's a word, it means literally the abandoned, and it's used to describe someone who doesn't have powers, but it is also a synonym for orphan. Yes. Which, like, 
I totally, right away, the first thing that popped into my mind was, um, her and Mal. Yeah. And, like, both of their identifications. Like, especially as we read more, like, you learn more about her, like, memories that she basically unlocks when she, like, gains her powers. Yes. In her very Elsa, let it go, frozen moment. Yes! She- (laughs) Let it go, girl! Um, cause he very clearly does not have powers, unfortunately. It was what we've learned. Um, but we do find out that they knew that she had powers. I feel like she thought, like, oh, this is kind of fishy, like, they were trying, and then they couldn't prove anything. Yeah. Like, she was able to hide it from this lady, because she's obviously not as strong as the Darkling. Yeah. But they're like, oh, like, they probably tested Mal, and it was clear that he didn't have any powers, but then they're like, oh, we're gonna test her, like, ooh, she might have something, get rid of him. Yeah. And then... Well, because I know in, like, Six of Crows, there was a certain person where just, like, the touch of an arm and they're able to tell if they have any form of a Grisha, like, trait. So I imagine that they knew, but I want to know, like, why they decided to leave her and why they didn't come back. I figured it was just because she's very strong, so she was able to, like, she talks about pushing it down and hiding it. Yeah. So, I I just figured she was, because they were not as strong, she was able to hide it from this lady who's checking. Yeah. Well, because they very clearly knew when they were trying to take her away. So that's why I'm kind of like, they definitely had checked her and they knew. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like... Maybe it it's was... It's really weird. It goes back to, like, I think I mentioned before my theory about the one guy in the purple kefta, where he... Did I mention this in the last podcast? You I probably did. I have a whole did. theory about how he, like... Like, he was there when each of their parents died, because he has a very distinctive memory that he thinks of when he sees them standing together, like, hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Of this woman, like, defending her home. Yeah. Trying to keep everyone out. And that- No, I- I left this part out intentionally because I'd read ahead. Um, I had a thought that, like, he, like, the key- like, the king and queen had been ordered to go, like, that they are actually not good people and, like, had gone- had ordered, um, like, the army to, like, search for- like, strong Grisha, like, a sun summoner type Grisha, like, they mm-hmm. knew that they were in this particular town, because they had both, both of their parents, the, these two, they mentioned, I think, that they're the only survivors of whatever accident killed everyone in this town. Yeah. He talks about going to a town and seeing a woman defending this house and her family with all her life, like, what if this is one of their moms, and, like, specific, specifically now Alina's mom, like, and he just remembers this moment of her standing her ground, like, with nothing, knowing she's going to die, but trying to save her family. Mm-hmm. And having to, like, either kill her or watch his brothers-in-arms, like, kill her. And realizing, like, what is happening, like, how bad of a mistake this is. Yeah. And deciding, I refuse to, like, report her, like, we are going to leave. Huh. Yeah. And, like... I've, I, when I was reading the opening, the very, the before, like, before chapter one, I, 
I still feel like that one guy, he's gonna play a bigger role. Yeah. I feel like we're gonna meet him at some point. Yeah, I, I can second that. That's a pretty good theory. I also, because you mentioned that, it does bring up a question now that I have, because in the beginning of her kind of going back and thinking back on when they tested her, she mentions that she was the only orphan there. And then eventually Mal came and, like, her, like, life changed. So, they didn't go to the, they didn't end up at the orphanage at the same time. Yeah. So that, I'm kind of curious. Now I'm very curious. Yeah. Because I think they mentioned that they were from the same, maybe it was just that they were the same age. I think, because they are the same age, and we know that for sure. Whatever age that is, because I know we have differing opinions about what age that is. Yes. Let me see. Does it say anything in the front? I don't think so. Maybe it was also that it was the same war. But it also, this war's been going on war. for, like, over a hundred years, so, like, obviously it's the same war. But I, for some reason, thought it was the same, like, they were the same town, same incident, like... It could all. It could have also been a short amount of time that they were separate. Like they found her, yeah. found her, her, brought her. Like especially if this guy was like, like watched the mother die to like protect her. Yeah, it could be like, hey. I'm gonna go like make sure this girl makes it to safety. Yeah, and then, like. A few days or a week later, like oh oh no, someone else survived. Oh, it's a little kid. Let's just. Put him in the orphanage, too. Yeah. We've got lots of series. We'll probably <laughs> find out... I'm sure we'll find out more yeah. in later chapters, if not a later book. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'd like to... I would like to learn more. I am curious. If not, we'll have, we'll have to come back to all of these, like, theories and, like, the things that, like, get answered, things that don't. Yeah. Be like, hey, Lee Bardugo, what's going on? Because <laughs> there's definitely a lot of questions that we have currently yeah. that aren't being answered, but we are still in just the first half of the book, and we're not quite done yet, so. Yeah. What else did I want to talk about? Zoya. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, we have to, she's, like, the stereotypical high school cheerleader kind of character. Yeah. I, like, I don't dislike her. I do. <laughs> but I'm not the biggest fan of her. She's just very jealous. I can understand, like, they they mentioned that Darkling's a very charming person. Clearly, everyone wants to impress him. Yeah. Um. So, she wants to impress the Darkling. She thinks that um, Alina is a threat. I, I think is also... Like, I just never would do any of the things that she would do, so it's hard for me to relate to her. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know. I think it's easier for me to like her because she's kind of similar, not necessarily, I don't want to say kind of similar, but um, Evangeline in Red Queen, we originally see her as being a bad person, and she's kind of painted as an antagonist, but then we end up... um, she ends up kind of being a good person and really helping out Mare and being not necessarily a shoulder to lean on because she was still definitely not a big fan of Mare, but she um, 
she backs Mare up. And she's kind of, I don't want to say like the opposite of her, but she does help her out. And I feel like Zoya is going to be that person for Alina. And that right now they might not get along, but at some point they're going to have to work together in some fight. And they're going to work together like exceptionally well where they're both powerful and they both overtake this fight like snap. So I don't particularly dislike her yet. Just because I'm holding out for that hope. I could see that. Um, yeah. You see, what I think might happen I don't necessarily her... like her actions, though. <laughs> yeah. What I'm kind of thinking of is, like, um, because I could see if things start getting rough, because also there are definitely more books than this one book, because this is a series. Yeah. If things get rough between, and, like, things kind of start splitting up, It'll be, like, the king and queen on one side, and, like, the apparat, and then, like... The Grisha. The Darkling, and... Most of the Grisha, at least. Or I, I could see most of the Grisha actually, like, staying. Like, like the Darkling and Alina, for some reason, like, break off kind of Divergent style, where, like, they are a rogue group. Yeah. And I, Zoya would definitely be loyal either way to the crown, I feel like. She would, I feel like she'd be loyal to the to Darkling. I feel like she would seek power. And she knows she could mm. advance very quickly if she stays with the queen and, like, is on her good side. Yeah. And have this sense of power and, like, strength. Yeah. Which is what she is definitely seeking as a human being, so... I guess that could also bring up a good discussion of who has more power. Because, I mean, right now, it seems like the Darkling has slightly more power over everybody else. I mean, he has more power in terms of, like, intimidation, but in terms of, like, political power, like... Definitely... It's definitely the queen. He has more of a intimidating, and he has more power over, like, military tactics. But he also, like, runs the military. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of curious about which one would actually have more power. Yeah. So, because that's another thing that kind of comes up in Red Queen, too, is who has more power. The actual, like, because, spoiler alert for Red Queen, (laughs) this isn't a spoiler-free podcast, so I'm not afraid to say it. Um, In Red Queen, so we have the Crown Prince, who is eventually, he technically has more power, so to speak, but then they take him for treason, and he's separated from the Crown. And then you have... Um, the new king, Maven, which is his younger brother who takes over the crown. And the entire country is kind of, like, divided on depending... Because they both have... You could say that they have equal amounts of power. And throughout the four books, it's um, Cal trying to get his power back and becoming the rightful king. So it's kind of curious. So it's I feel like it's going to be something very similar where it's going to be they both have an equal amount of power it's just depending on who is stronger in a fight and I definitely see what you mean by the Grisha choosing to be with um, the king and queen but because of Roy, uh, Red Queen Evangeline does choose to stay with Cal, I feel like Zoya would stay with the Darkling I feel like, cause the way I'm picturing it though is, yeah, it's like basically I feel like it would be the king-queen apparat. Someone wants to do something 
with Elena that, like, use her powers in a certain way or, like, do something to her that the Darkling doesn't agree with, so he kind of breaks away from that. And, like, his position and everything, he's like, no, screw this. I'm gonna protect her. Yeah. Even more so now that we, like, we, we'll get into that in, like, a second. This whole... Yeah. <laughs> oh, do we have to wait a second? Let's I mean, go into it. Sure. I'm curious. Like, let's talk about that. I'll let you go first, because... <laughs> so, um... The Darkling. <laughs> he kisses Alina. I am so for it. <laughs> I am very against it, but let's talk about why. I know, Well, your big thing is also, like... He... He's 125. He's 125. (laughs) But also, the way we picture the Darkling, you picture him very young. Yes. I know, like, I picture the Darkling uh, as, like, kind of, like, late 30s, early 40s, and Alina being, like, kind of, like, 19-ish. Yeah. Like, that's a very big age difference, not something I really want to see the book becoming... The Twilight-esque pedophile romance is not something I'm about. Yeah. Like, I'm not here for Darkling Daddy, the relationship. Like, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, because I imagine him to be in his mid-twenties, late-twenties maybe, but definitely, like, early-mid-twenties. I'd say, like, 23, 24, kind of somewhere in there. Especially since he says he's 125, I think that gives us a very definite, like, he's probably in... If he was aging normally, he'd probably be around 25. And I do think that Alina is probably, like, 19-ish, probably somewhere in there. I don't think she's a minor. I don't think that she's over 20. Um, although she is drinking in this world She's drinking, alcohol. <laughs> but also I figured it was mainly a habit from, like, military. Because yeah. she's in the military, so that's that's mainly what I'm basing it off of. Like, we know she's young. She's just entering the military as, like, a map maker. Yes, but we also know that she's in there, been in it for about a year at this point. Which is why I went by that, because she left the orphanage straight from there. So, like, 18, like, here is considered, like, adult. Yeah. So, like, she's 19-ish. Like, 19-ish. A year into being a full-fledged adult. Yeah, I think she's she might be edging closer to 20 by the end of what our reading is, since we're at the end of... We're definitely past summer. Yeah. We also don't know when her birthday is. middle of winter. That is true. We don't know when her birthday is. I'm sure she probably doesn't know when her birthday is. True. Um, But I have a feeling that she's probably edging closer to 20, but not quite there. Um, But this is also an interesting conversation to have, because we both have imagined a bunch of the characters... At very different ages. Yes. Because you have a tendency to imagine them all closer to your age. Mm-hmm. And I tend to imagine them all within kind of different age ranges. Because, like, for example, Ivan. Because you imagined him as being younger. A little bit. Like, I expect... I imagined him being mid-twenties. And I imagined him to be, like, mid-thirties. <laughs> You see, the way they describe his relationship with the Darkling, though, I definitely pictured him looking younger than the Darkling. Yeah. Like, he thinks he's hot stuff. Clearly. (laughs) I feel 
like you could get he's that very for a cocky. man at any age. But though. he's the way he's cocky to me indicated like youth. Yeah. Especially compared to Fjord. Because he I didn't know that's not his name, but I'll never remember <laughs> I his mean, name. Yeah, fair. We haven't seen him I, again, so Yeah, I pictured him also being young, but I more mature. Him being young, but I definitely saw Ivan as being Cause I thought, older. I don't know if they describe them as being the same age, but I picture them as, like, the same age as each other, but, like, mid-twenties. Yeah. And then I know Genya I pictured being, like, the same age as Alina, but kind of representing, like, the opposite path. Like, she grew up in poverty and then became, like, one of those powerful Grisha, whereas Genya grew up with the privilege of being in this whole Grisha, like, the Grisha privilege. But ends up being a servant for the queen. Like, kind of yeah. very opposite trajectories. So I picture them being the same age, just because I know that's a common tactic. Meanwhile, I imagined Grenya... Grenya? Genya! <laughs> to be a bit older, probably. Late to mid-20s. Uh, I was about to say 50s. <laughs> She's definitely not that old. Um, but I definitely imagined her being lot older but definitely someone maybe like 26 so like I know an older th- sister-esque character yeah somebody that she that alina can confide in but she's not necessarily significantly older but she definitely has a lot more um experience under her belt that makes sense and then there's also bagra Bagra is just old lady <laughs> i like, really imagined old. her to be very old yeah I mean, like Yababa old. Yeah, like even older. <laughs> like we know that she, because she's even noted to have like very bony features, and I feel like that's something that you don't really get until you're, at least in human life, like you don't really start to see that until you have probably reached around the age of ninety. Yeah. So I expect her to be like old as dirt. <laughs> I'm just now thinking of this. Are we gonna end the series? have to deal with the death of of Bagra? I'm curious. I I have a feeling maybe. And since she's a amplifier, what happens to her body? Yeah. What will they do with it? That came that like well, came up when I was asking the way about the age they, thing. I th- yeah, I didn't read too far ahead. They talk about amplifiers, right? And how they Yeah, they talk yeah. about how they work. How like you only get one amplifier. So she is basically her own amplifier, I yeah. think. So, like, I don't think she can be used as an amplifier. Like, like you can't take parts of her body to be used as an amplifier because as an amplifier, she's already been used. Well, because they say in um, the earlier part or earlier section that we read that, like, you can use, like, the Darkling's, like, tooth. So I'm kind of curious, like... Will they take certain parts of her body and use them as Ooh. amplifiers? Will that become um, Alina's amplifier? Ooh. If they're not able to find the, we the haven't stag. even talked about the magic deer. The it's it's a instead of a wild goose chase, you have a magic deer hunt, which yeah. is basically the same thing. Like, which is I feel like it's not real, and like I know the darkies like my men would never lie to me. Like I if I thought I was disappointing the Darkling to that extent, I would so lie to his face. Like, yeah. oh yes, we saw hints of magic deer over there. 
Let's yeah. go. I have a feeling that it is real, and now that they said that um, the stags, they think that they have gone to Fjerdia, I think that's going to cause a major conflict, considering that Grisha, Fjerdia, that is a very bad combination. Yeah. So I'm kind of... That could be a way of them being like, yeah, we're not going to find them now. <laughs> but I do, I have a feeling that it could be real. And I have a feeling perhaps Genya might not just have one amplifier. Ooh. Since she's, we've had yeah. both Darkling and uh, Bagra both act as an amplifier to her. I feel like, though, the living amplifier, they can be an a-, a temporary amplifier to everyone. That's yeah. kind of, like, their thing. So I'm just... I'm just a little curious about yeah. what's gonna happen with the amplifiers and Alina. <laughs> but uh, if she does die, and if she, her body parts do become amplifiers, I want one of her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I want it as a... I don't know if I want it as a necklace Ra's earrings, but I want one of her teeth as one of my amplifiers. That's fair. Um, okay, but back to the kiss. <laughs> I am... I don't know, man. I'm, like, here for it. I think it was a little... Okay, like, I think it's so cute because it's a total trope where, like, the guy kisses the girl to, like, shut up. <laughs> I totally love that trope. Even though it's totally, like, old school and, like, probably not that great in today's society. I didn't really perceive it to be that way. I I figured it was more of, like, a him being very... He doesn't let himself show emotion or be be an emotional being. And it was a quick lapse where he's, like, just filled with emotion so full. Like, he has to act on it. Like... Yeah. Like, it's... It's He's just being very impulsive for a split second. Yeah. Like... I mean, he even, like, notes, like, that was not intentional. It was was more so him showing his human side, which I did appreciate, but... I mean, he even (laughs) is like, I didn't mean... He doesn't continue because then, um... Ivan shows up. up. Who clearly saw the whole thing. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I think Ivan's for this shit, too. (laughs) How is this not a whole rumor? Like, Ivan is at this school with Alina. Like, how is this not a whole rumor? Like, yo... I feel like Ivan knows that if he, like, because they know that Ivan's the only one, or at least from what they know, Ivan's the only one that saw, so they know that if there was a rumor, it would go back to Ivan, so I think Ivan yeah. would probably know better than to say anything. Yeah. At least but I But still, hope. Ivan is Ivan. I feel like he would, he, he would, would tell up. someone, Yeah, and then that someone would tell someone, and that someone would tell everyone else. Yeah. But, um, because of the kiss, and since she has definitely been very, um, curious, like, having a lot of thoughts about it, um, I was curious about how her relationship with the Darkling would change, considering that it was unexpected on both of their parts. Yeah. But also, what will happen to Mal, and how will Genya react to finding out that they kissed? Because, yeah. you know, Genya's going to know, find out, and she's going to tell Genya. I want to know what Genya will say and how Genya will try to, like, I don't want to say fix the situation, but, like, I've read what advice ahead, she'd give. I've only read a few pages ahead, but 
I'm not going to say anything for now because I know information. But basically, I'm I'm upset because, like, Mal. Like, this clearly, like, yeah. Like, Mal is who I want her to end up with. You want Mal yeah. to be her endgame? Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, going back to, like, way back in the beginning when I talked about my letter theory, I feel like Darkling has been intercepting the letters because he has such a crush on Alina. He's, like, upset about oh, this, like... Maybe. Because he can never have this relationship with her that Mal does, no matter how hard he tries, even if they both live, like, a ridiculously long time. Yeah. He can never have that bond with her, and he's jealous. And I feel like she's going to find this out not through him, it's going to be through someone else, and it's going to cause, like, tension between them. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, wait, you did what? Yeah. And and it's going to cause, like, an upset between the two of them. Yeah, no, I totally see that. Also, can I just say, this is totally, like, off-topic, but I really love that after Elena has gotten her powers, how she, like, she thickened up. She, like, and- She had a whole glow-up. Genya was like, alright, so I'm gonna take you to the queen's closet, and you're gonna look at yourself in the mirror, and you're gonna feel pretty. (laughs) I loved that. That made me feel so happy. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, Yeah. I think that's all I've got. Same here. Yeah. We reached the end of my notes. <laughs> well, it was a good section, so I'm excited to read the next section, personally. So Same. Especially, I read the couple pages, but then I had to stop, because, like, you know when you can tell something's about to happen in a book? But then you also have three minutes left of your, your lunch break, and so you know you can't- Like, you're gonna read something that you're gonna want to keep reading, and oh, then you can't. Yeah. So- And then you also know that you might try to, like- bring it up in the podcast but you can't (laughs) yes so i stopped i was like i know something's gonna happen um it's not a spoiler to say that the winter ball is happening like they talk about the winter ball happening yeah it's it's all the winter ball is now closer and you're learning about the winter ball in this the few pages i read so that'll be a fun topic i'm excited we're gonna be in winter so we can talk about the winter ball it's gonna be cute that's gonna be perfect i'm i'm excited i think in the next podcast we should open each other's christmas presents when will the next one be hold on the next one will be on the 15th oh yeah that's the last one before christmas so yes that makes sense yeah let's (laughs) So, in the next podcast, you'll see us opening each other's Christmas presents. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay, so, <laughs> I've been trying so hard not to tell Morgan what I got her because I'm so excited about what I got her. Okay, she talks about it literally, like, every day. <laughs> every time I see you, I mention that I want to talk about it because yeah. it's driving me crazy. I haven't told anyone because I don't want anyone to slip up and mention it to you. <laughs> and it's driving me insane. Like, I'm going to have to go off about, like... Yeah. I'm excited. (laughs) So yeah, look forward to that at the beginning of the next podcast. Yes. And that is all for this episode. We hope you guys have enjoyed our thoughts on Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. See you guys in our next episode where we're going to continue Shadow and Bone from chapter 14, page 199, to the end of chapter 19, page 308. See you all in the next episode. Also, don't forget to check out our Instagram for updates on the podcast. Our handle is at T underscore plus underscore good books. Sorry about that. Yeah, a lot of the T plus good book options were 
already taken. <laughs> and that's the tea. <laughs> <laughs>